Hello, and welcome back to Where I Am Podcast, where we strive to create a safe space for honest mental health discussions and encourage women to embrace their unique journeys. We're your hosts, Erica and Mrs. Destiny. Thank you so much for joining us today for this episode. And Destiny, I can't believe it's February already. Can you believe that? Um, yes, because every year January just speeds by and we're already in February. But the good thing is that it is Black History Month. It's a perfect opportunity for us to celebrate all of the contributions that African-Americans have made in the United States and in society in general. So we're going to have a full episode dedicated to mental health in Black communities later this month. But for today, I just wanted to acknowledge that it's Black History Month, and we're going to actually be talking about perfectionism and people-pleasing. So that's something that we're both really able to identify with, and I more so feel like I can identify with that perfectionism piece. Both of these things are really fear-based, and people do them in an effort to prove their worth. You may have a fear of rejection or a fear of abandonment, And you may even be suffering with low self-esteem. And I can relate to that feeling of feeling like you're going to be rejected or abandoned and so you feel like you have to be a perfectionist in my case. Things have to look and feel a certain way to be accepted. Uh, There are certain traits that go along with that. So we're Mm -hmm. going to talk a little bit more about that so you can see if you identify and then also talk about ways that we can can get better because that's the whole point. Even if you feel like you're stuck in some of these patterns, you can always improve. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Destiny, let me know. Let me know if you can, if you resonate with any of these traits. So, uh, the first one is procrastination. Do you procrastinate in like decisions or any work? Never. No. <laughs> Everything is done well in advance. No. Oh my goodness. Uh, yes, I for sure deal with procrastination. Reason being, even though it, it sounds like it that wouldn't make sense. If you want everything to be perfect, why are you waiting to the last minute? But for me, and I'm sure other people can relate to this, because I have things in my mind that I want them to be a certain way, I know that that's going to be stressful when it gets time for me to do it. So if I was to be working on a paper for school and I know that I want to, I know that there are certain criteria and I really want it to sound and flow a certain way. I know the level of work that I'm going to be putting into it. Well, there are times that I haven't even wanted to start the work because I know I'm going to be stressed out if it doesn't feel like it's absolutely perfect. And I really tried to not feel that way and just chill out, relax a little bit and understand that there is no such thing as perfection. But procrastination is a, is a trait that I have for sure. Yes, I know uh, for people pleasing or people pleasers, we have that pro- procrastination as well, but just in a different matter. For us, why we procrastinate is because we have this fear of what the other person opinion is going to be of us once we present it or once we confront it uh, like a, a project at work and instead of going ahead and finishing it and you know getting that critical feedback we're scared of what that might look like so that's why we procrastinate on certain tasks yeah that makes perfect sense because you don't want to disappoint anybody and what about, um, do you feel highly critical or feelings of failure? 
Yeah, I think I've experienced those as well. Um, at times of feeling like things are not quite good enough. Feeling like when I look at my own work or something that I'm doing, that it's not quite up to my own standards. And someone else will take a look and be like, that's fine. It's good. We're good to go. It doesn't need to be... We, we do want to work and go above and beyond, but sometimes you don't need to stress so much about things. It's good. Just continue moving on. And so I've definitely had those feelings before and always just putting a lot of pressure on myself. Yeah. And what about, do you ever feel like anxiety or do you like struggle to relax at night? I deal with anxiety and I think that it all goes hand in hand because if you're procrastinating and stressed out thinking that, it's never going to be perfect. That can lead you to have that level of anxiety. That also goes into struggling to relax. Definitely, when I go to sleep at night, I have difficulty staying asleep. I can fall asleep easily, but I don't know if it's because I've become a mother now, but I wake up often, even when my son's not awake. If there's something going on at work that's stressing me out, I have stress dreams. So I'm thinking <laughs> oh, no, about it in the middle dreams. of the night. <laughs> right. If there's some meeting that, that ran long and we were talking about something that needed to be resolved, I'll be thinking about it in my dreams. And then I wake up frustrated just with that feeling of, okay, I had to deal with this all day long. I really need to dream about, about this issue as well. So right. I can identify. I can identify for sure. Have you ever had dreams of like you're you being late to work or not turning in a certain paperwork that was due or answering a call or answering an email? I actually have had dreams that I was late before. It's weird the way your mind can play tricks on you that I think I'm late and then I the weirdest dreams that I have are when I cannot wake up from dreams that I know are a dream. I know that I'm being tortured in this dream. I'm either upset about something or something bad is happening. But I, I get to the point where I know it's a dream in the dream, mm-hmm. but I cannot wake myself up. Have you ever had that? Is that? Are you talking about like sleep paralysis? No, no. It's not the same. It's I don't think so. I think sleep paralysis is when your eyes are open, but you can't move, right? Right. Like you're – it almost no. feels like you're – like you can't – yeah, you can't move your body, but – no, and my you're, sister you're like, has said she's experienced that. I have not experienced that. It's more so that I'm aware that whatever story is playing out is not real. And sometimes it mm. takes a minute in the dream for me to get there. Yeah. But my subconscious in the dream knows that that's not real. Oh. I know. It sounds strange. But the point of it all is that I don't like dreaming. I like to sleep peacefully. <laughs> and I could just You just want a black, like, a black screen? <laughs> just like... I want to feel nothing. I want to go to bed have eight hours of nothingness, and wake up refreshed. And I cannot do that because I'm stressing myself out. What if you have a dream of being on the beach? That wouldn't... Uh-uh. I don't, I don't want anything. <laughs> nothing. I want to shut down like a robot. Just... <laughs> that I is too funny. Mm-hmm. What about uh, do you expect perfection of everyone? Like family or friends or anyone, any loved ones? I would say that I don't. They might say that I do. (laughs) And Uh, by they, I mean my mom, my sister. My mom's always saying, you're too hard on me. mm -hmm. But I'm just trying to make her a better person. (laughs) So I don't think that that that's a problem. What's the context of that? Like, why did your mom say? Right. So, for instance, if 
we're talking about eating better, right? So if she's mm-hmm. saying, oh, I, I went to the doctor and they said that I need to be working out more and eating healthier and cutting out all these foods. Okay, so then I'm on it. I'm going to help you. I'm going to do the best I can to adjust uh, your diet. Like she just went to the doctor and they said now she needs to eat egg whites instead of the full eggs. So I went to the store, got some egg whites, cooked them up. I'll do whatever it needs to be done. Yeah. But then I'll also, if I notice that she's going off of what mm. we agreed on, then I'll call her out on it. And that's when she says, you're just so hard on me. <laughs> and I tell her, I just want you to be here for a long time. You but... better not be screaming at Tina. <laughs> I don't. I don't scream, but my tone okay. is serious. You know, I have to. <laughs> like your eyes are open, like. <laughs> exactly. Don't eat that cookie. <laughs> Put the cookie down. <laughs> and I tell my sister the same thing. The thing is that they don't listen to me. That is too funny. Yeah. I do the best I can, but... Mm. Okay, what about your achievements feel hollow? There have been times. I'm trying to celebrate myself more when I do something that feels like an achievement or even stepping outside of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But there have definitely been things where that I've done where I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's great. But I think I talked about it on, on another episode on the first episode about comparison, comparing myself to other people like, well, that's great, but it's not as big as achievement as someone else received or this happens to people all the time, which we shouldn't be doing that. We should just take our wins and fully accept and be happy about our wins. So I can relate to that as well of not, of not being able to sit in all of the things that I've been able to accomplish thus far and just be happy for it without any caveat, without adding but or, uh, you know, like, just be happy for it. Right. And what about what are your thinking process when you're making a decision as a perfectionist or like what are traps that perfectionists usually fall into? Yeah, as I was doing more research about about perfectionism in general, there are a couple of thinking traps that, again, I have seen myself fall into. So one is black and white thinking. And that is just when you have this feeling of it has to either be this way or no way. If it doesn't come out perfect, then it's a complete flop. And I have thought that way before. I definitely am like that. I think that I don't know exactly why I feel like if it's not 100%, then I just don't love it. And I try to calm that idea down. And it could be with the simplest of things. It could be We go put Christmas lights out in the front of the house and we don't hire someone to do it. We do it ourselves. And I don't think it looks amazing. One person might say, oh, it's fine. It's just Christmas lights. I'm like, no, it looks terrible. I don't like it. (laughs) And I do that with tons of things. I just need to to get over it and be happy about it. But that's just a, a minor way of thinking. Right. And I do realize in life that there's so many gray areas when it comes to, of course, a deeper subject matter so I can't be thinking just black and white do you think like perfection was expected of you like when you were a kid I don't really think it was expected of me I think my mom and my grandmother were really good about supporting anything that I wanted to do they were always encouraging me even if I would switch from one activity or one one hobby to another they were right there with me. Okay, what do we need to do? What classes do we need to put you in? And how can we see that you're successful? Mm-hmm. I think I put more pressure on myself than they ever put on me. Yeah. Because I just felt like 
I needed to be succeeding in a certain way. I think I had a, I received a level of validation from being like a goody two shoes and Mm -hmm. from doing well in certain things. And so when someone, when you're a kid and someone says, oh, you're so mature, you're so smart, or you do this well, for me, I kind of sucked that in and thought, okay, that's what makes me special. When really that's not what makes me special. There's a variety of things that make me who I am. But I think I kind of took those things up is if I'm not really good and really obedient and, you know, the, the list goes on, then I'm not as valuable. And that was my own doing. That's the way my mind interpreted it, I believe. Yeah, and I think that's a great kind of example of how perfectionist, perfectionism and people-pleasing kind of coexist. Because if you stay in that quote-unquote perfect child or that you were the good girl, and if you somehow fell out of that, then you kind of had that fear of disappointing your right. loved ones or other people. Yeah, I definitely, I agree with that. And what are, like, other thinking traps that perfectionists kind of go through or? Yeah, so the last one are shoulds and musts. So always thinking of, always thinking in the way of, I should be doing that or I must do that. And this is something that I still struggle with a lot now. And I know you always hear about someone saying, oh, I'm 25 and I need to or I should have the big house and the husband with the kids and the car and all the things that they think they should have. And a lot of us are coming to understand if we don't have those things yet, or it it doesn't have to be that. Maybe that's not your dream or your goal. Whatever your goal was, if you don't have it at the moment, you don't need to beat yourself up. When you think in shoulds and must, it leads you to have these expectations that aren't always going to be fulfilled. And that's okay. Because as we're always talking about you might be walking down a different path than what you expected and it could be an even better path and so that's something that I really have to always watch myself when I'm saying my house should look like this or my life should look like this no it looks the way it is you have to just accept that you are where you are in your life in your journey and so that's another trap that if you are dealing with that that you can try to Try to avoid and catch yourself when you're having those thoughts. Yeah, and definitely society kind of pushed some of those shoulds and musts as well. And I imagine if you're a perfectionist, that's, you know, you have this list as well. Mm-hmm. And when you don't fill it, then you kind of feel like the failure or you kind of feel like you failed. Right. Yeah, I'm big on making to-do lists and things that I have to do on a day-to-day, but also in life, goal lists. And so when they don't get checked off properly, it can be a little disheartening. But again, it takes time. It takes time. But people pleasers, as we said, people pleasers often have perfectionist traits. So let's look at some traits that are more related to people pleasing. So do you feel like you rarely say no in order to avoid conflict? Yes, I can relate to that, especially as being a woman. When I was um, working on this episode, I did come across this article where it stated that 70% of women say that they often go to great lengths to avoid conflict. 
And 68% say they often put others' needs first at the expense of their own. So I think as women, it's almost like a, a social norm for us to be the one that tend to the kids more than the men or be in the kitchen. Say, for instance, at Thanksgiving, we're cooking the dinner, we're putting plates on the table versus the men are kind of sitting back and watching the game, for instance. So as a woman, that's definitely something, a social norm that I attained. I really, it's hard for me to deal with conflict at, at times when it comes to people that I don't know. When it comes to my family members, I feel like I'm able to tell them straight up what I think and what I want and what I like. But for some reason with other people, it might be at work or new friends, it can be difficult for me to have to deal with any conflict that comes along. But I think I'm getting much better at setting boundaries. That's really helped me a lot. So I remember this one time at work, mind you, I had a coworker that we had the same position, the same pay, we went through the same training um, and everything, and we had a meeting. Um, Of course, I was the only woman there, and he looked at me directly and stated, Erica, take notes of the meeting. And of course, I was like, yes, of course. And later on, I was like, why did... Why did I agree to that? And why did he ask me that? Why did he ask me being the only woman in there? And I think that's why the that article really stuck out for me. Because, you know, as women, we are expected to push our own needs. In that instance, he didn't think that, you know, I needed to pay as much attention as he did to that meeting. So sometimes, it, you know, it's out of habit that I say, yes, of course. But I really need to make sure that I'm continuously practicing to say no. Yeah, I can totally understand that feeling. And maybe if you're new at work or you're still getting to know your boss, you may not want to say no immediately. But you can think the next time you go into a meeting, if they say, oh, Erica, can you take those notes again? Then that would be a good opportunity to say, oh, I took them last time. How about uh, Jack over here takes them (laughs) All right. Or how about you, sir? No, I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get fired. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, okay, cl- go ahead and clock out for me. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> oh my goodness. Exactly. But it, it's a good, it's a great opportunity for you to kind of think about how can I grow from this? What are some things that I can say next time so I don't always have to be the person taking the notes in this instance? And it's really interesting because in one of my classes when I was going to school for audio production, there was mostly men in the classes. Mm -hmm. And so we were getting together in a group and the teacher, he was telling me, don't offer or be the one to always take notes because they're going to want you to be the secretary because you're the female and you're working in a male-dominated industry. So you don't have to be the one taking notes. And I think he may have even asked someone else in the group to take the notes. And so that was nice that he kind of stood up and said, yeah, don't feel like you need to be the secretary. Wow. It's fine. Someone else, one of these other men in the group can take the notes. So and that's so that's so important that a man especially is even able to address it right away versus it, you know, already happening and having that kind of conversation later. Right. So. Different experiences, but I thought that that was really, really cool event. That was was amazing. That was amazing. 
So let's see what other traits that you may be able to identify with. People pleasers often undermine their own needs. They're not focusing on the needs of themselves. They're thinking about other people and what other people need. Do you feel like this is something that you do often? I can definitely, looking back, I can see how I undermine my own needs in my past relationship. Um, In my late 20s, I started a new relationship and I felt like I was at that time of my life where I was ready to invest fully mentally, physically, everything you can think of into that relationship. And this relationship was went on for three years. And you can definitely attest to this. You you never met him. My family never met him. I never met his family. And I thought you were about to say you never met him. No I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I never met him. He was a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was definitely he definitely was real. Cause I was wondering, <laughs> you were saying I have a boyfriend, and we've been as time kept going on. So like, okay, in three months, six months, a year, two years. I said, let me see that picture again because I think this is <laughs> AI generated. <laughs> is this Photoshop? No. This looks like a stock photo. <laughs> no, this is a picture that I got from Walmart, and I just like pasted my face into into the frame. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yes, but um, like I was saying, <laughs> um, you know the you know first year we were still getting to know each other, so. Um, And I was very upfront with him that I'm getting into this relationship because I want marriage. I want kids. um, I want to build a a future with him. And um, as time went on, he had several opportunities to meet my family, had several opportunities to have conversation with my friends. But that didn't happen. And um, that was... That was pushing my own needs to the back because I wanted the relationship to work. So I was willing to be unhappy with him because that did make me unhappy not having him having him part of my whole life. Essentially, he was he was only willing to be part of my life because, you know, my friends and family are also, you know, in my life in a huge they play play a huge part of who I am. So it was almost like he was um, rejecting a part of me and I stayed in that relationship. Um, And mostly the reason why we had that issue is we had cultural differences. Um, I was, um, I am Catholic and he come from a Muslim background. So that was definitely a a big hurdle for us to, to get over. Yeah. I always thought that that was really interesting, that whole relationship. Because, you know, we live four hours away from each other. I would go visit you. I felt like every few months and never seeing this man, I thought was the strangest thing. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like you learned once you ended the relationship? Was there a point where you just said, I am not treating myself the way I deserve to be treated or not? He's not treating me the way I deserve to be treated. What was the breaking point where you said, I'm not going to be a people pleaser? Any more in this regard? 
Yeah, I mean, it was after having conversations with him and finally re- realizing that our relationship isn't going to move forward and he's not going to meet my family. He's not go- He's not willing to meet my friends. He's, <laughs> he's not willing to move the relationship forward. So when I uh, decide to leave that relationship, now my next relationship, I you know, making sure that I say up front what I want and making sure that I'm not pushing my own needs to the back, especially emotional. That's really good. That's a really good example of of the growth that you've been able to experience whenever you finally stop talking to that individual and really just saying, I cannot do this anymore. When you have those big realizations in your life, that means you're moving in the right direction. So, right. Good job. Yes. I'm so happy for you. (laughs) Okay, great. Now I really have no boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you would rather have someone who is going to be actively involved, as you said, in all parts of your life, meeting your family, meeting your friends, because that's a big red flag. Right. I agree. It'll be fine. Okay, so we've gone through some traits for each in case you've been wondering just exactly what that would look like. So now to the why. For me, perfectionists, we talked about how, or you asked me the question of, do I feel like my family was particularly hard on me and had high expectations? I think that they supported me in a great way and they didn't have those high expectations, but it's true that some kids become perfectionists or people in general because of their upbringing, because they have been pushed to be the absolute best and they they become perfectionists as a result of that. I believe that I became perfectionist because I grew up in a turbulent environment and there was a lot of uncertainty for me. Uh, my mother was a single mom and she didn't graduate from college until I graduated from high school, which is great, but meaning that she wasn't receiving a higher level of income when I was younger. She often worked two to three jobs and my dad wasn't around my sister's dad wasn't around and we had to move multiple times when I was younger just because financially it wasn't a stable environment so what I believed happened is that I needed to have some kind of sense of control in my own Mm -hmm. life and so I said what can I control I can control the grades that I have the way that I look the perception that people have of me so those are Mm -hmm. the things that I'm going to control And I just think I got a lot of validation from kind of being the good girl. And I was the older, I am the older sister, so being the mature one. And I think I just turned it into who I was as a person. When I was younger, I thought it was great. It just meant that I cared about my work. Until I started to stress myself out to the point of, like we said, procrastination. To the point of, I don't even want to start this project because I'm going to be so stressed that it's going to be hard for me to finish it. That's when it was becoming a really big problem for me, so I had to take a step back. For anyone who wants to try to deal with their perfectionism, there are certain things that you're able to do. So for one, you can start setting SMART goals. And in case you're unaware of that, what that actually means, SMART stands for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. So for instance, it would be difficult for you to say, let's say you're struggling with your finances, And you say, next year, I want to be 100% financially stable. Okay, that's a great goal to have, but there's a lot that comes in between you maybe struggling, dealing with 
trying to pay your bills, dealing with looking for another job. There's a lot that comes into getting to that final goal. So you need to be specific. You need to write down exactly what it is. What do you mean by financially stable? Do you mean higher paying job? Do you mean paying off debt? What is it? Mm -hmm. Make it measurable. You know, write down that number of I want to pay $50,000 of debt next year and this is how I'm going to start working towards it or whatever, whatever that number may be. It does need to be attainable. Maybe if you're only making $30,000, paying off $50,000 of debt next year, unless you're going to get multiple side hustles and different things, may not be that attainable at that moment. So it's good to make sure it's attainable. It needs to be relevant. Uh, A lot of people do have financial goals. So if you decided to make a goal that is about your overall finances, that would be relevant to something that you're working toward. And then timely. Set a time frame. Are you going to give yourself the full year? Are you going to give yourself six months or two years to pay off that debt? But having these laid out allows you to have some kind of structure and allows you to have some kind of plan so that you're not just going into it blind. Because as we said, perfectionists, we're always thinking we want things to be 100%. We want things to be perfect. And then we, when we fall short, we feel bad about ourselves. We feel like we failed. But making a good solid plan will allow you to get closer to, to what it is you want to accomplish. There's another way that you can kind of go, go about trying to reduce feelings of being a perfectionist. There's a method, a time management method called the Pomodoro method. And a coworker actually brought it up in a meeting that we have that's, we talk about productivity hacks. She brought that up a few weeks ago. And I came across it again whenever I was looking up information for this episode. So in time management, you work within these 25-minute stretches. So you may set your timer for 25 minutes, and you take a five-minute break. Then you work for 25 minutes, and you take another five-minute break. Or you could do, you know, you could adjust it. It could be 30 minutes or 20 minutes. But it gives your mind kind of a break instead of sitting there and saying, I have this project to do, and I'm going to do it in the next two hours, and working really hard to do that. That may be okay for some people, but a lot of people need to relax their mind. And it, and it kind of gives you this sense of accomplishment. If you can work for 25 solid minutes straight without picking up your phone to call a friend, without sending a meme to someone, without focusing on something else, and then you get up and say, well, I accomplished something, and I, I'm in that deep work. And so that's something that you could also try if you're struggling with staying on task because you're so overwhelmed with wanting things to be perfect. Wow. That is a good tip in. Yeah, I think so. like what you said, it's attainable versus yes. like, I'm going to work five hours straight. <laughs> right. And when you don't, you're just like, I you, failed. You failed. You're right. Which you need to get up. You need to stretch your legs, take that walk, uh, get that snack, get yourself some coffee, all those things. Right. So you need to have, like you said, attainable goals. Another thing that you can do is just to make a decision on whatever it is you're stressing about. So there are times it can be small things that I am worried about making the quote unquote perfect decision. If someone's having a birthday party or some kind of event and I need to go to the store and pick up something, I will walk through the aisles holding multiple gifts thinking, I don't know, would they like this? Is this the appropriate gift? Should I get a gift card? Is that not personal enough? Because some people don't like gift cards. They want to open a physical gift. Some (laughs) people love gift cards because they can buy what they want. Some people just want the cash. And so I'm sitting there overthinking it, overthinking it to the max. And there have been times when I'm in that aisle and I say, okay, you're going to, Destiny, you're giving yourself five seconds, five, four, 
three, two, one. And then I just walk off with whatever's in my head. Do you, you close your eyes too? Or are you right, just like... I close my eyes. I turn around and I point and I'm like, You do a little circle. Is. Exactly. I pick up the stapler. I'm like, this is what they're getting. This is what they're getting for their birthday. It'd like, be a little kid's toy. <laughs> exactly. That's too funny. Exactly. But because I'm stressing myself out, thinking, what if they don't like it? And on and on. Even if it's a close friend. But there are times where you just have to, and that's kind of a silly example, but you just have to make the decision. It's It'll be okay. And if the decision is not the best, then you can always come back for it, from it. You can do it differently the next time. It will be all right. And lastly... If you really are, we're kind of joking around and making it lighthearted, but if you really are struggling, which I have experienced these moments in my life of feeling like I just could not get it right. And probably to people on the outside, they're thinking you're fine, you're a good mother, you're working, you have a good job, you have a home, car, things like that, which is all a blessing. And in my mind, thinking it's just not enough or I'm, I'm not doing enough or I just can't get it right. So again, having those feelings of wanting life to be quote unquote perfect. Well, I follow an entrepreneur and I believe she's a business coach. She's very famous. Her name is Marie Forleo and she has a lot of really positive content in terms of videos and sends out emails and a podcast as well. And she was talking about a study that was done on people who died by suicide and they interviewed their friends and their family. And when they interviewed them, over half of the people they interviewed said that those that died would have described themselves as perfectionists. And that really sat with me, thinking of people who have gotten to the point of feeling so distraught and having those feelings of hopelessness and sadness because maybe they're feeling like me, like they just couldn't get it right in life. And, And that's just something, a piece of information that stuck with me. So if you're having those thoughts of you are so deep into your perfectionism that it's causing different things like anxiety or depression, what you feel like you're having symptoms of. It's important to seek help from a professional, from a mental health professional, a therapist, because they'll be able to help you further. These are what we talked about before are just smaller tidbits that could help you, but you may need to actually seek help from a mental health professional. And I know for me personally right now, I'm really trying to just work through my perfectionist ways by doing the things that I know can be difficult. So like this podcast, for instance, it's not perfect. We work to discuss topics and look up information. I'm editing the podcast and posting on social media and trying to gain an audience. And like we said, a a platform for women and people in general to be able to talk about mental health and where they're at right now in their life. But it's not perfect. We're still figuring it out. We're still trying to figure out exactly how to go about things. But instead of saying, I'm not even going to start because I know it's not perfect, I'm just letting it be. I'm just doing the work and letting it be. So that's an example of sometimes you just got to jump in and do the work. Right. And you're doing a fantastic job editing. I know I couldn't do it or (laughs) it would definitely be a a challenge for me to do. So you absolutely do it amazing. And I know sometimes you kind of expressed, you know, when your perfectionism comes into play. And I'm like, girl, you did amazing. 
Yeah, but, I, I tell her, can you hear that? Does that sound like I don't hear anything? It sounds fine. Post it. <laughs> right, right. But I think you just being able to know that that's your perfectionism coming out and and talking about it. I think that's still an amazing achievement. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So, so back to talking a little bit more about people pleasing specifically. Do you have any tips for us on how you can go about? not having certain feelings, not acting in a way that you're always trying to please others above yourself? Yeah. So the first thing that you can, uh, that you can do to stop people pleasing or work on your people pleasing, um, is learn to say no, not, uh, saying any explanation after the no, just saying no to be transparent. That is something that I'm still working on because usually I say no. And then I explain, so I'm working on still saying no, just that's it. Do you do you come across anything like that, Destiny? Yeah, I've been saying no left and right. <laughs> I say no more often now for sure than I did. And I'll set, sometimes I don't always say an immediate no, but I will set some kind of stipulations around it if I feel like the person needs help. Yeah. All right. And then the next one is setting boundaries. So like in romantic relationships, friendships, or at work as well. Um, Like I said earlier, romantic relationships, making sure that I communicate um, what I'm looking for in a relationship and making sure that they respect them for sure. That's definitely a boundary that um, an example of a boundary that I'm that I set. Yeah, boundaries are a huge game changer for me in my life. I think that I didn't even know what a boundary was (laughs) when I was younger. I didn't know how to say this this is what I can accept. This is what I won't accept. And I think it, it makes your life so much better when you have just certain amount of expectations that you can communicate with people and reinforce If they choose to stay around, that's great. But if they don't want to abide by your boundaries, then you know that they're not the person, the friend or the person, the romantic partner that you need to be with. How I kind of set my boundaries is I let people know um, or more or less my family know my schedule. Like, hey, I'm doing this at this time. And by doing that, that doesn't give them room to kind of conflict my own schedule. Yeah, that's a really great example. I had my boss recently tell us, feel free to block off the last 30 minutes of your day on your calendar. And if you're doing that, I will never be upset that you blocked off the last 30 minutes to focus on what you need to be doing the next day. Basically saying, look Mm -hmm. ahead. Is there anything you need to prep for a morning meeting? Is there anything you need to wrap up for the day? I'm not going to be upset that you blocked off that time. And so allowing us to set that boundary of, okay, these are my last 30 minutes that I'm going to wrap up this day, prepare for the next one. And I know that there aren't going to be any repercussions that I'm taking the the last moments of my day to do this before I log off. That's just like one example that you could do in the workplace. Yep. And that way you're not taking on more tasks. And like you said, you have dreams of not completing (laughs) something. (laughs) Uh, and then and the next one is uh, follow your instincts, meaning when someone asks you, you know, to do a task or to participate in a certain event, right when they ask you, you kind of know, like, my plate is kind of already full, or I know that that's not something that I can accomplish in the, 
you know, the timely manner that they're expecting. So just by that feeling, you know that that's not something that you need to take on. When you have that feeling, that's when you can say no and just no. Exactly. And I've had that feeling before and ignored it. I think there was one time, there was one time in college where I had a friend, we were pretty good friends and everybody didn't have a car, but I had a car that my mom had given to me. I feel like it was one time randomly, it may have already been maybe 9 p.m. He comes over and he says, I need to go pick up my brother. Can you take me to pick up my brother? I'll give you a little gas money. And we live in Houston. So I'm like thinking, okay, where does your brother? Mm -hmm. And I believe it's in San Antonio. That's three hours. Oh, no. (laughs) And and I did. I took him to pick up his brother and we went, came back. I'm trying to think. Maybe I met him halfway and came back. Either Mm -hmm. way, that's a three-hour trip, you know, if I'm going halfway to San Antonio and back. And in my head, I'm like, I don't want to do this, even if he's going to give me a little bit of gas money. Like, I do not want to be driving at night to pick up some guy I don't even know. And I could have just said, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to go to sleep or do anything. (laughs) I could have just said no. Right. Okay, sure. And I did it. But now I would definitely like, heck no, I'm not leaving my house after eight (laughs) o'clock. That is crazy that someone would just think like, let me just ask this person. (laughs) But that's the thing. If you don't, if you don't tell people your expectations or things that you're not willing to do, then they're always going to Mm -hmm. volunteer you or ask you to do something because they'll say, oh yeah, Destiny will do it. Right. But now they're like, oh, she ain't doing nothing. Right. (laughs) And now, honestly, that I have a child, that's a good, I'm not saying it's a good excuse, but once you have a kid, people know that you're not trying to do too many things. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to speak for everybody. (laughs) Now that I have him, I wouldn't go in the middle of the night with him to go pick up some stranger. In San Antonio, for sure. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But back then, I'm like, okay, well, I guess, sure. (laughs) ridiculous right we really hope that this information was helpful for you if you're a perfectionist who's struggling feeling like your value is wrapped up in being able to operate at 100% all the time or feeling like you have to be perfect just know that it doesn't exist there's no such thing it's never going to be something that you can attain You don't have value in your life because you're perfect. You have so many other wonderful qualities to your life that are more, way more important than that. And if you feel like you're a people pleaser who constantly is giving to others and not allowing your cup to be filled, that it's time to start saying no and really balancing yourself out and surrounding yourself with people who respect your boundaries. As I mentioned, both of us have specific habits that we've been talking about throughout this episode that are related to perfectionists and people-pleasing, and we're doing our best to try to work through them so that we can live happier and healthier lives. So we're all here in the same boat. Feel free to message us on social media at Where I Am Podcast if you want to give us any information about how you're doing with these habits. So to end the episode, we're going to do a fun game of Would You Rather. Erica, you want to start with the questions? Yes. So, Destiny, would you rather accidentally send a risque text to your boss or your parent? I would say my parent because my mom would probably just laugh and say, oh, that wasn't for me. <laughs> and so it, wouldn't be, it would not be the end of the world. 
Um, you don't think she would bring it up? Y'all wouldn't have a awkward I mean, conversation she would or bring anything. Bring it up and laugh, and probably tell my sister. But it's still just within the household. Yeah, it wouldn't be anything. It would be something to laugh at, and I would be embarrassed. Right, but the, a story to tell. <laughs> yeah, the alternative is way worse. <laughs> Okay, what about, would you rather wear a bathing suit or formal, or wear formal attire everywhere you go for the next two weeks? For the next two weeks. What day is it? February, we're in February. February 7th. Oh, so around like Valentine's Day. Yeah. What I was thinking of is that it's still a little chilly and I get cold. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I get cold easily. And so, if it was summertime, probably a bathing suit. But I'm going to say formal attire everywhere next two weeks. Even at the gym? Yes, girl. I'm going to be working out in my <laughs> formal ballroom gown. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Okay. Uh, what a- Next one. Would you rather know all the mysteries of the universe or know every outcome of every choice you make? Well, I think you've gotten to, to know enough about me in this episode that I want to know all the outcomes of every choice I make (laughs) because I want to have full control. (laughs) Right. But if you know the mysteries of the universe, that would be some sort of control of like a bigger... What do those mysteries have to do with me in particular? (laughs) In my bank account. (laughs) I need to know, is this business deal lucrative? Um, Right. Or is this a scam? (laughs) Is, is this man that I'm texting the one? Go ahead and tell right. me up front because I don't need to waste three weeks trying to get to know him and hear about his favorite color. <laughs> right. That's too funny. All right. What questions do you have for me? Okay. Okay. Would you rather die in 50 years with many regrets? So you're 31, so you'd be 81 with many regrets. Or die in 20 years with no regrets? Oh, that is deep. So you be 51. Mm. Ooh, that's a tough one. I would probably say die in 20 years with no regrets. Mm. Okay, I'll be okay, 50, okay. 51. That's a reasonable. Young. Uh-uh. That is not reasonable. <laughs> that is young. Forever young. Because <laughs> I don't... I don't ever want to look back and regret decisions. I'm not questioning you. I'm just. (laughs) (laughs) Don't start to be a people pleaser and say what you want. Let me change my. No, no. You're like, oh my gosh, did I pick the right answer? Your answer's fine. Okay. Okay. All right. Would you rather have a head the size of a watermelon or have a head the size of a tennis ball? Hmm. I'm going to say watermelon. Really? That's heavy. Your neck's going to hurt. If you imagine like a tennis ball as a head like that, the proportion would be <laughs> too too wide. That I mean, you can't even fit a hat. Like what hat would you be wearing? <laughs> if you put a hat on, you can see no head at all. You make a tiny hat. What are you talking about? Like, like wear a Barbie? Wear a dolls Barbie hat? Oh you my can make you a, I can make you a custom tennis ball head hat. <laughs> okay? That doesn't make any sense. 
No, I'm I'm sticking with the watermelon. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm always talking trash about your answers. That was an amazing answer. Let me be more supportive. Okay. Last one here. Would you rather always be surrounded by annoying people or be alone for the rest of your life? Ooh. See, now I'm scared to answer. Mm-mm, my people pleasing. <laughs> <go. laughs> See, I have a problem. I'm like, really? You would answer that way? <laughs> I need some sort of interactions. So I would pick, I would always be surrounded mm. by annoying people. That's your final answer? Yes, final answer. Okay, great. You don't have no comment. Mm-mm, I'm working on myself. <laughs> I'm working on my judgment. Okay. Well, that is job. too funny. It was fun. I enjoyed you. Yes. Oh, you didn't enjoy me? All right, then. Let's go ahead and cut the episode. <laughs> I guess I enjoyed you, you think too. think you know a person. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you next time at Where I Am Pod. Bye.